Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Founded and Grounded, the podcast for founders, would-be entrepreneurs, existing entrepreneurs, people who want to be their own boss, people who want to enter the world of business, they have a bright idea, whatever it is, or whoever you are, this podcast is for you. Episode eight of season two. I'm Andrew Parsonage and a very warm welcome to you wherever you're listening and whoever you are, you're more than welcome here on Founded and Grounded. I will be your host for the next half hour or so and joining me as ever, my erstwhile colleague and business startup guru, Mr. Ollie Collard. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Andrew. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I know we've, we've moved from like late, <laughs> late night recordings to like mid-afternoon recordings now, so we are getting slowly better at this. Yeah, I feel like there were more beans and more energy at this time of the day. I think we struggled a bit last time. We were a little bit rusty for episode seven, but we've rectified that now. Although it is a bit random because obviously we're still dealing with the uncertainty and the randomness of lockdown number three. But you know what? Another week, another week close to hopefully the ease of restrictions and life getting steadily better. First of all, Ollie, before we crack on, everything okay with you? How's business? How's life? Yeah, business is good. Thanks, Andrew. Lots of people looking to start businesses, which obviously keeps us in business. So can't complain. Excellent stuff. Well, look, let's get cracking straight into episode eight. Plenty to get through today. Another interesting episode lined up. And we're sort of keeping with a, a bit of a tech theme following on from our interview with Paul and Copy.ai in episode seven, which I know generated quite a lot of interest on social media. So thank you, by the way, for getting in touch. And we will come back to our social platforms later in the program. So Ollie, please, will you reveal this episode's guest entrepreneur? Yeah, so I spoke with Liam, who is co-founder of a internet startup called Krepling. And he is based over in Malta, an island with the med around you, starting a business and growing it from there. Sounds pretty idyllic. The theme for this week's episode then is the audacity of youth. We'll come back to this theme a few times during the podcast, youth both being an opportunity and a challenge to a founder. And also, it's interesting, I noticed earlier this morning as we're getting ready to come and do the podcast, that it was in the news today that a big rise in redundancies has been reported among young people. And in particular, those aged 25 to 34 facing the biggest risk of losing their jobs. And obviously COVID's had something to do with this, goes without saying. But Ollie, there's an interesting paradox here because obviously it paints a very negative picture for people in that age bracket. And yet, you know, we're seeing a lot of young founders making their way in the world. We're seeing hundreds of thousands of businesses starting up in the last 12 months. And so is it all doom and gloom for young people? I don't think it is. I mean, I think they've been dealt an unfair hand, to be perfectly honest. The promise of going to university, getting a good education, coming out and the jobs not obviously being there available for them, which obviously has other massive knock-on effects as well. So I think first and foremost, it's a hard situation out there for young people. But I think young people are quite open to change and can seize opportunities. So I think actually starting a business could be quite a viable option for a lot of young people because they don't have many other options out there, quite frankly. Well, the audacity of youth, it's a theme that we'll explore Let's hear from Liam himself. So Ollie spoke to Liam via video call just a few weeks ago. And as ever, we always ask our guest entrepreneur just to explain to us what the business is all about and how it started. And this is what Liam had to say. Crepling in its simplest form, we are a frictionless, centralized e-commerce platform. We enable entrepreneurs, business owners and brands to get online 
in a no-code, simple environment so that we provide the tools for business owners. And essentially, yeah, the problem that we're solving is I was a former e-commerce merchant myself. I was on platforms like Shopify. My brother and I, we built a, a sneaker marketplace um, on Shopify that was then later acquired. That actually led us to begin discovering the problems within e-commerce. We figured out that there was a huge fragmentation between what e-commerce goers were looking for and what current platforms were providing. So what Krepling kind of does is it kind of taps into all forms of commerce. So we're not just retail-based. We're tapping into SaaS e-commerce, digital e-commerce, and it's all low-end, no-code. So it's fairly, it's fairly simple platform. Of course, we're enabling business owners to sell in over 200 plus countries. So there's also that we're not reserving the scalability to the Fortune 500 anymore. So we're, we're kind of doing, doing a bit of everything in e-commerce. Yeah, that's basically what we're, what we're trying to solve. Obviously, our, our listeners would have heard of some of the main e-commerce platforms out there like Shopify. How are you different from them and why does that matter? Well, Krepling's biggest differentiation for sure is our ability to enable entrepreneurship in multiple markets at any scale. So we're not just reserving it towards retail. We're actually enabling SaaS-based commerce, digital-based commerce. And we're also centralizing the entire experience. You know, my experience from being a Shopify business owner myself, um, being on a couple of different platforms on Magento and what have you, is that there is a very decentralization within the platforms. And you're kind of limited to the technology that they're giving you. So what Krepling kind of does is we step in and we open the doors for different trends in e-commerce and different uh, markets in e-commerce. So we're enabling, as I said, SaaS, digital. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a platform that isn't um, limiting entrepreneurship to particular ideas or markets. We have a bunch of, we're enabling businesses now across the world. We have businesses running in retail, running in SaaS. We even have some clever businesses that are combining the two and they're providing uh, retail as a subscription. So we're definitely seeing some interesting business models. Um, which excites us because that's that's what that's what we're built on. We're, we're built on enabling different ideas and and without limitations. So t- to see business owners coming up with different ideas on our platform is is exciting, and it's it's it's, it's it looks bright for the future of e-commerce in general. It sounds like the pandemic, in terms of that global aspect, has really really helped your business. Absolutely. Obviously, our our focus during the pandemic completely. Uh, shifted towards the the amount of business owners that were finding Krepling and really looking for a solution to the pandemic. We saw a lot of businesses shutting down, facing a lot of issues, especially in the States and in Europe. And, you know, there was a lot of businesses that sort of needed the solution and a lot of entrepreneurs that also needed an additional income and were looking to get online. So we kind of stepped in and, and was able to provide a holistic solution, a global solution for all forms of commerce. So obviously, given that solution, we expected to see a lot of business owners, and we did have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners coming onto the platform and, and really using that as a foothold to, to survive and discover and thrive during the pandemic. So that's also something we, we, we were very excited to see. What, what we experienced internally, uh, the pandemic was just this enormous growth and this enormous, something that we didn't even anticipate ourselves. We, we, we were reaching, I, I believe, Black Friday level sign-ons during the pandemic during April and March. So it was a busy year for us, for sure. (laughs) Wow, crazy times, Liam. And I know you guys started and officially launched back in October 2019, so sort of five months before the pandemic hit. So how did you deal with some of that growth? 
Crepling was essentially in in its early stages and throughout 2019, and obviously we we launched the MVP in in, in in October, and that was kind of quite a quick route to market, given that we've we've had the experience in e-commerce and we we're working on this platform for so long and testing it for so long. Then the pandemic hit, was, it, we we were kind of prepared for the scalability and the, the, the thousands and hundreds of users coming onto the platform, coming onto the website. So we were at least, I would say at least we were prepared for the, the entourage that came as, with the pandemic. I, I can definitely say, I mean, hearing the stories of the business owners that we, we power, it's, it's been a bumpy ride for many, many people. Some people, even a great ride. They've had some great, great growth over the pandemic. You sound very experienced and mature. This is your second business, but you're actually only 21. Can you tell listeners a bit more about your background? I know you're originally from South Africa and I know you're running this startup with your brother. So could you shed a bit more light on how the business came to fruition? Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, we're fairly young. Young entrepreneur is not the average startup founder. But um, yeah, we actually do have some prior experience in e-commerce. My background actually is in e-commerce. And what's actually really exciting was how Krepling came to be. Um, my brother and I, we, we worked on a, a sneaker consignment marketplace back in 2017 through 2019. Um, and what that was, what we were trying to do is provide a cheap solution to, to sneaker reselling. My experience from my first sneaker pair of trainers, sneakers I bought was I was really dissatisfied with the price I paid. It was really expensive. And what we tried to do was democratize that and provide sneakers at a cheaper price. Um, and the business was founded, it was called the King's Fair. And that derived off the term, um, a king's fair price. So that was where the, the idea came on. And we started in e-commerce. We launched an e-commerce store on Shopify. That was a fairly simple process. We, were, we, we had very little capital. We obviously, as most founders do, ran to the only solution we knew and the only solution we could have afford was, was Shopify's uh, plan. And we built the store and we started spreading the word amongst sneaker communities, reseller communities, and it grew quite quickly when our prices were so fairly competitive. And we started getting some major traction in Europe and across the US, even in, in Southeast Asia. So we, we were growing quite fast. And as the, the, the consignment marketplace grew, we eventually led to an acquisition in 2019. We sold the business and we moved on towards actually providing solutions and software for small business owners like myself who were suffering in e-commerce. You know, I wanted to help fix the trends, fix the issues that they were facing, mainly so because we as a business obviously moved away from Shopify as we grew. So we were using a bunch of different platforms, a bunch of different software to run our business. And that's when we first got a taste for the fragmentation in the industry. Eventually, that led us to build Krepling based on the, the challenges and the experiences we had prior to, to, to starting Krepling with our previous venture. So yeah, that's a little bit of background. My brother and I, obviously, we, we, we've worked on a few projects before that. I mean, we were much younger. We used to run a bunch of Instagram pages, um, Facebook communities. So we, we, we built a few things prior to this. So yeah, we, uh, as young as we are, we have a bit of experience, um, especially what we're doing and love for what we're doing. We, we, we huge lovers of e-commerce um, and we huge lovers of solving problems. So that's just a, something we love to do. <laughs> so you were born in South Africa and you moved over to Malta at age eight. Can you tell us a bit more about the reason for that and the background behind it? My family and I, we moved over to Malta from South Africa and, and I've been here ever since I was nine years old. So 
but yeah, obviously being in Malta is, is great. We built Crepling, we built two businesses based out of Malta. Most of our staff right now for Crepling is, is based in the US. And that's obviously the remote model before it was cool, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an idyllic place to build a global business from, Liam. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Coming back to Crepling, can you share a bit around your numbers and the growth of your business so far? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, as a result of the pandemic, we're seeing really exciting growth figures. I think we're doing upwards of 700% in GMV, similar statistics with MRR, monthly active users. So we're actually growing very significantly globally, very fast. This is something that we obviously, as a, as a, as a business, we want to do, but we also want to ensure we're providing the same amount of scalability and the same amount of services to our business owners. Our biggest metric internally in Crepling at the moment is our user success. That's what we determine our success as a business is how we are able to enable entrepreneurs, enable business owners to find success within e-commerce. I know that's something that we, my brother and I, we wanted to find success as quickly as possible when we started our store. And we wanted to have a platform that sort of catered towards that and built a model that would enable us as, as entrepreneurs to find success as quickly as possible. And that being said, we wanted to build Crepling that is based on a model that provides that same level of, of support to business owners. So if we were talking about you know, how, how well Crepling is doing, we like to refer to how well our business owners are doing because that's a huge reflection on what our platform is able to provide, what our tools are doing, how well we are, we are, we are tapping into e-commerce and how well we are helping entrepreneurs scale. You know, business owners that are tapping into new, new and uncharted markets, creating new and exciting ideas and really pushing the boundaries of e-commerce as a whole. So that's really what we measure success on is, is the types of business we are powering and, and the, the, the success our users are finding on Crepling. In terms of what the future of e-commerce looks like and what the future of Crepling looks like, we're seeing the, the industry mature and scale just like most industries do. What that means is we're seeing different types of models coming into e-commerce. It's no longer just retail. You know, We're seeing subscription coming in. We're seeing different types of commerce enablement. Crepling is really trying to stay on the forefront of that and remain in a position where we're innovating commerce. That sort of looks like different types of business models, different types of, of industries maturing into e-commerce and finding this online route. And obviously the pandemic has played a major role in sort of saying to the world, listen, the physical presence is no longer enough. It's, it's volatile and online is just the way to go. So we're seeing a lot of industries sort of say to themselves, okay, if online is the way to go, we better find a way to get online and we better find a model that works for us. It's exciting to watch from a business standpoint. Definitely very exciting. And we, we're looking to see e-commerce, especially in 2021, become this major blow up in terms of world dominance in, in the market itself. So that's something we, we are very excited to see as crepling and as lovers for the industry as well. Okay, Ollie. So we've got a few things to work through there. Lots of interesting points that Liam made in this conversation with you. I guess the first thing I'd like to do, just for the benefit of listeners who aren't quite sure what Liam's business is about or what it does for founders or for people in general, can you sort of put into everyday terms what Crepling does? Sure, Andrew. Good question. Essentially, Crepling enables anyone to build an online e-commerce business with no coding background whatsoever. So there's been a massive rise in these so-called no-code tools, which essentially means that you don't need to be a developer or be able to speak any programming languages to actually develop technology and apps and websites without 
having that technical background. So I suppose it's a bit like in other walks of life when you're starting a business, you don't necessarily have to be a marketing expert or a design expert. There are packages and tools that you can customize and make your own with limited experience. It sounds like this is something similar, but for e-commerce. Exactly. So you can build an online business, whether that's a retail business or a, a SaaS business, which is a software as a service. Essentially, it enables you to do that easily without having a technical background. And we said at the beginning of the show that we talked about the opportunities for young people and the fact that we have seen hundreds of thousands of new businesses pop up in the last year, just in the UK alone. And surely this is going to help more people to go for it in terms of it'll give them another reason to give their business idea a go because the tool is there and the idea is, and something from what Liam was stressing, that it's going to make things easier and enable people more. Definitely. It facilitates that process. It essentially democratizes entrepreneurship. It means that traditionally, if you wanted to build an e-commerce website, you'd have to do all of the e-commerce functionality in terms of the programming. And essentially, this does it all for you in one place. I think the other thing that struck me from what Liam was saying, and it's, I suppose, really a secret to the success of not just businesses, but often many things in life. It's about being in the right place at the right time and probably quite lucky in a way that, in effect, they've got everything set up and ready to go five months ahead of the pandemic first kicking in. Okay, yes, obviously no one saw that coming. He was just quite lucky, but he has still benefited from that, that he was there just ahead of that huge wave, that almost tsunami of e-commerce kicking off when those COVID restrictions kicked in. Yeah, and I think timing is one of the most underrated factors in terms of the success or a failure of a business. People talk about lots about, you know, access to finance, being able to protect an idea or a business, being able to scale or grow a business. But actually, the timing has got to be right. It's got to be getting out there to market at the right time. If you're too early, then you're going to have to spend loads of money educating your potential customers and if you're too late then obviously you might have missed the opportunity and the market simply isn't there so i think yeah timing is a key issue in business And i think as you say liam's come into this business at a great time to be enabling e-commerce do founders need to maybe just take a step back just sense or smell or listen or use all the senses to think about where the opportunity might be next so they're almost going to be second or third guessing what could happen in the near future do you think founders do that enough Or is it just, again, a case of sheer luck? It's a good question. I always encourage founders to do a bit of scenario planning. So thinking about the what if moments, what if X happens, what will we do to mitigate that risk? Having said that, I don't think anyone obviously predicted coronavirus. So I don't think there was a lot that people could do to predict this situation that we're in. But I would encourage founders to actively scenario plan about what if situations, but sometimes it just does come down to kind of luck, serendipity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, definitely. I suppose the other aspect of Liam's fortune here, and I mean fortune in a, in a luck sense rather than a financial sense, was that besides dabbling in the e-commerce market, which was about to go, well, it was already big anyway, but this is about to explode with the advent of, of COVID, but also the fact that it was about his operating model, his business model. I think he he said the remote model before it was cool, which I thought was quite an interesting and fun way to put it. But it's true because we have spoken to founders just in this series alone who have seen a challenge from having that dispersed business model where we've got people all over the place and how you try and 
have a cohesive vision, brand and identity, despite people being all over the place. But it seems here that it's worked in Liam's benefit. Yeah, I mean, there's the two brothers building this business out of Malta and they've got staff over in the US and, you know, their customers are dotted around the globe. So essentially the world is their oyster. Is e-commerce maturing, Ollie? Liam talked about it almost taking on world domination proportions in 2021. Is it is it looking that way from your perspective? Every business has to be online and be selling something in today's market. So undoubtedly, it, it's massive. I think in terms of the maturity of it, I think Shopify came along and enabled people without a coding background to build e-commerce websites. I think what Krepling are trying to do is essentially make it frictionless so users can build these websites all in one place. I think what he's found is that the marketplace for e-commerce websites like Shopify, Magento, etc., is quite fragmented. So users have to add on lots of these third-party applications to be able to join up all of their customer journey and make it into a seamless business. Whereas what he's saying is that you can build it all in one place and maintain that control. Okay, let's just step away finally, just for this part of the conversation, to something he said about a success metric. So just stepping away from e-commerce for a minute. He mentioned that for them, their metric, almost like the single metric they worked around for their own success was the success of their users, which I thought was actually quite a nice way of looking at it. It's like if their businesses that they're helping are successful, it then reflects on them, it reflects on their success. Again, do enough startups and businesses think that way, that that it's actually, it's not just about a monetary thing for us, it's actually, do you know what, if our customers, our clients are successful, then that's a reflection of our success. It's a great way of looking at things, Andrew, and I think it's a very mature thing to say and a way of looking at the business at only 21 years of age. Um, And I'd encourage all founders to think about what does success look like for you? And if you're judging that in terms of your customers' shoes, then that's really proving your value and what you'll do is making a difference to, to people's lives out there. So I think it's a great metric to measure their success of their business by. And I would actively encourage more people to, to take that view. You're listening to Founded and Grounded. Reality, reassurance and inspiration every fortnight for the startup community. Okay, Ollie, thank you for that. Let's move on now to the second part of your conversation with Liam. And each episode, we like to explore the real world experiences of our entrepreneurs. It's not always been a bed of roses and look at the challenges in particular that they've faced or are facing. So again, this is what Liam had to say about the challenges that he's found with building up Krepling as a business. Yeah, I think our, our biggest challenge is <laughs> it's, at the same time, it's our advantage, but it can be a challenge sometimes as our youth. Uh, we're very young founders and obviously getting that, that reputation and, and understanding that, you know, that young people can, can innovate in certain spaces. Is, it's, it's, it's changing and it's, it's, it's good to know that, that young people are, are, are starting businesses and, and doing things at a rate significantly greater than it, than it previously was. But I think our biggest challenge for sure was our lack of inexperience in terms of really running a, a business that was tackling a major pain point. You know, our, our experience prior to that was we were in luxury. You know, we were selling a luxury good high ticket items that were, weren't really solving, I wouldn't say they're solving pain points or innovating new spaces. You know, we were just sort of trying to solve a point that we faced, which was expensive shoes. 
um, it's a big step to make, and you you need to really understand what you're what you're taking on as as an entrepreneur and as as, as someone with a vision, and to kind of step into that industry and step into that new uncharted world. You know, one of our biggest challenges was actually discovering to validate our market fit. Obviously, as I said, we validated most of it. You know, you need to look at it from a platform perspective. Can you build a platform that caters the solution to build the UI, build the backend? It really is a problem solver, not just another platform coming onto the market that is a duplicate of the Shopify's and the WooCommerce's. So we really needed to, to validate that we are, we are coming in with a new solution that's tackling the issues we face as entrepreneurs and as e-commerce goers. So that was a challenge and that's really why it probably, I would say it took long as it did, but you know, it, it was a process. You need to validate that you're coming with the right solution. And that involves a lot of testing, a lot of talking to the right people, talking to people who are facing these issues and getting their feedback and, and allowing them to tell you this doesn't work, or this isn't working. And as founders, you, you really need to listen to what your customers and your users are saying, because those are essentially what's going to drive you and essentially enable you to change the industry and, and, and innovate. That's definitely a, a, a challenge coming into, <laughs> coming into this yeah. and getting that feedback. And also, you know, listening to the feedback, you know, you, you might have this great idea, you launch it, it looks great, you love it. You start getting feedback and you think, okay, we're actually not solving anything here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about entrepreneurship is that, it's a journey, isn't it? Like you said, with your first business, it led you now to starting this business, regardless of whether the, obviously in your case, the first business was successful and you got an acquisition, but say that business failed, it still might've led you to this journey. And I think that's what's so interesting about entrepreneurship. Exactly. And I think one of the most important things is to limit the risk for entrepreneurs. Obviously with starting a new business, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of capital that you know you need to spend on marketing, but we we believe that the capital should be spent and money should be spent on growing your business, not finding the solution to even start it. A crappling, we try to keep the pricing as transparent and simple as possible, and that's important for business owners is to have that ability. That that's something that I'm, I'm also excited to see in e-commerce and and, and the explosion of no code is that there is this a room for growth, this room for to validate, and this essentially will lead to less less failures for entrepreneurs. So that's also something that's exciting to look on as an outsider as well. So two things, Ollie, stood out for me from this part of the conversation you had with Liam. Let's first look at growth. Now it's very clear that. Crepling's growth has gone absolutely gangbusters and it sounds like it's been a huge success. So obviously well done to Liam and, and his team for that. But Liam also picked up in the same breath upon the point of the danger is you can almost grow and outstrip this quality of the service you give your clients. And that is a challenge, isn't it, for founders that growth's great, but you've still got to keep your service and the quality of the products that you give to your customer. Yeah, growth is fantastic. It's a nice challenge to have, but like you say, it does present lots of headaches and challenges to your business and how you run it and actually how you maintain that level of service is, is paramount. If you're rapidly scaling and taking on lots of new customers and your, your level of services falls behind what you expect, then that means people are going to turn away from you and potentially go to a competitor and even worse, talk about your business in a negative fashion so i think first and foremost you've got to be able to service you know the growing demand to the same level that you're currently operating at and if you can't then you've got to think about ways of maybe trying to naturally slow some of that growth down 
Yeah, I just wonder whether this is when people talk about sustainable growth. Do you think, Ollie, it's better for a business or say a startup to grow steadily? Or do you think actually crazy growth is doable? What would your preference be if you're in a founder's shoes? Interesting question, Andrew. I think it depends on obviously the type of business. But if you're a business where it requires a mass market and you've got to get to a certain amount of scale to make an impact and make it into a profitable business model, then absolutely you need that rapid growth. You'll probably be looking at venture capital to fuel that growth. Absolutely. That's probably one of your number one metrics. But on the other side of things, I think if you're growing the business in a more sustainable fashion, then you're probably better servicing your end customers. And also, if you're limiting demand, you might be creating a bit of a buzz about it. If it says join our waiting list, people are excited by that and it makes them want the product even more. Sometimes with these new products, like I don't know if it's Monzo or Clubhouse, you have to get invitations and there's a certain limited amount of places. So sometimes that actually creates more demand and it also enables the business to grow in a more sustainable way at the same time. Now, we've given this episode the theme, the audacity of youth, but I guess my next question is going to be around the paradox of youth because it's both a plus and potentially a minus, or has been at least for for Liam, in that youth almost gives you that opportunity. You're not encumbered by any previous baggage or previous experience, but at the same time, it can be the lack of experience which could be a barrier to entry when it comes to starting a business. We feature businesses, The Bunch and Bunk, where actually they saw youth and lack of experience as being an advantage because they didn't have that baggage. Where do you stand on all this? I think it does give you an advantage in the sense that you don't know what you don't know. And I think you're less afraid. You've had less knockbacks in life. And I think you're probably more optimistic and willing just to put yourself out there. So I think it does give you that advantage. I also think lots of the founders that we featured haven't necessarily gone into the world of work and actually got jobs. They've actually just gone out and started businesses. So they're not really au fait with kind of the social norms around working. And I think that also gives them an advantage to be able to do things the way they want to do them. I think it gives them an advantage in that sense as well, in terms of being able to run the business in the way that they want to. They're not constrained by any preconceptions or pre-notions about anything so I think that's a huge advantage but obviously on the the flip side as you say there are obviously disadvantages you know some people might not take you seriously which could be a cost to your business in terms of reputation or gaining new customers so I think there's pros and cons with all of these things but what I would say in Liam's circumstances is that this is his second business. He's already run a successful business and exited, and that business was acquired. So what I would say is actually he's probably not that young in the sense of being a business owner. It's his second business. So that does give him a sense of maturity, and I think that comes across. Okay. Thank you, Ollie. Let's then wrap up this latest episode. We've got a few final bits and pieces to get through. We will be asking our guest this week, Liam, for a question to put to you, our listeners. Liam will be giving his one piece of advice. And also he has a special offer for founded and grounded listeners. So let's hear what he had to say in this final part of the conversation with Ollie. Um, yeah, I would, I would say whatever idea you have, whatever vision you think will create a difference or you think will provide value to someone in this world, 
you need to go and test it. You need to go out there and, and try it. You need to go out there and, 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 and essentially do what you think will, will work. And I think that's as simple as it sounds, advice that resonates with me and my, my team quite significantly is, is just go out there and, and try new things. And, and, and if you do have an idea, if it's enough of an idea that keeps you up at night or it's enough of an idea that at least gives you an hour or two hours that you're thinking about it, go out and try it. That's what we, our ethos at Krepling is. That's what our team believe in. And it's what, essentially what we're trying to do is, as, 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 a, as a team is, is enable people to, to, with ideas to get out there and, and try it and, and at least hopefully create a great successful adventure. And Liam, have you got a question for our listeners? Yeah, so it's a simple question. What would you consider to be the biggest barrier to starting your own business? And is it technical? Is it capital? Is it marketing? Is it validation? What is your biggest barrier to starting your own business? Good stuff. Thank you for that. Lastly, where can people find you? Yeah, so we, we're online. Go on our website, crepling.com. We have a bit of a social media presence on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. So yeah, you can find us on, on our, our website. You can check out what we're doing, check out what, what our platform is all about. And yeah, that's, that's where you can find Crepling. <laughs> and I know when we spoke earlier, you were kindly going to give a offer to anybody listening and wanting to check out Crepling. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who listens to this podcast, we're offering a 20% discount on all plans. Just use the promo code founded under 20. So that'll give you 20% off any Kreplin plan you wish to use. And hopefully that will help you start that idea that you're thinking about. <laughs> awesome, man. That's very generous of you. Thank you very much. And just that code again? Founded under 20. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Sure, absolutely. Thanks a lot for your time. A great, great talk. So, Ollie, for a second successive episode, we have a founder saying, basically, don't hang around, get out there and do it. Yeah, and I think it is a bit of an issue in entrepreneurship. Lots of ideas ferment in people's head and they don't verbally communicate them or go and speak to their target customer about the problem. So all of this kind of delaying and not progressing the idea forwards means that A, you could have lost the opportunity or B, it just takes so long for the business to come to market that you've kind of lost interest in it in a way. And I think if you're not going out there speaking to your prospective customers about your business, then you're not learning. You're essentially going out there, starting a business blind. So completely agree with Liam's advice there. Excellent. And as we said earlier, Liam had a question for listeners. We always feature a question for listeners from our guest entrepreneur. So what did Liam have to ask you lot? Well, look, here's Freya Scott over in Social Media Corner with a repeat of the question for this week and also the various ways in which you can get in touch with us via social media. This episode's question from Liam is, what is your biggest barrier to starting your own business? Liam has suggested that maybe it's technical, capital, marketing or validation, but get in touch and we'd love to know whatever your thoughts are. On both Instagram and Twitter, we're Founded Grounded. And on Facebook, we're founded and grounded. So give us a follow to keep updated. Okay, thank you to Freya Scott there. Please do get in touch. We love hearing from you. And we know that each episode generates its own themes and conversations. So please continue to follow up and react and tell us what you think we would really appreciate hearing from you. And also just a reminder there, thank you once again to Liam, our guest this week, Liam from Krepling. 
who has got a very special offer for founders and grounded listeners, Ollie. So he's offering 20% discounts on all crappling plans. And all you have to do is enter the code founded under 20. So thank you once again, Salim. Very generous offer, Ollie. Great offer. If you've got an idea to start an e-commerce business, why not go check it out and make your idea into a reality? Definitely. So once again, thank you to Liam for his time and for speaking with us on this latest edition of Founded and Grounded. Ollie, thank you for your time also. Always good to catch up with you, whatever time of day it is. Always a pleasure, Andrew. For now, though, you've been listening to the Founded and Grounded podcast with myself, Andrew Parsonage, featuring the vocal talents of Mr. Ollie Collard and Miss Freya Scott. So thank you to Ollie and Freya. And thank you, dear listener, to you two also. We know that you have a choice of podcasts to listen to, so we're really grateful that you've chosen ours. And we look forward to sharing with you again some more wisdom from the world of entrepreneurship very soon. Please do get in touch with us via our socials. But as we all say at the end of our podcast, for the time being, look after yourselves, look after each other, take care, and join us again for another edition of Family and Grounded in the coming weeks. For now, though, cheerio. Cheerio.